Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Aikman Hunter. I am Audrey and I'm your host, and I am so happy that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so that you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are you all doing? How was your weekend? This has been a super, super busy past week for us. This past weekend, Dietrich, my husband, and I were able to speak at my old youth group's retreat, which focused on kingdom justice and racial justice. It was such an honor to be asked to speak, so thank you so much, Lisa and the OBTYPL, for having us. Friends, are you interested in being a part of a small group setting for listening, discussion, and action work with the main focus being on racial justice? I would invite you to consider joining my book club. Our May and June book is going to be split in half, and our book selection is Minor Feelings by Kathy Parkong. If you are interested in joining a conversation and being in our next book club on Tuesday, May 18th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time, DM us on our social medias at no wrong turns Pod or email us at NoWrongTurnsPod at gmail.com. Listeners, welcome back to our 38th episode with Lauren Rome Marks of Romer Skincare. There is so much to hear about from Lauren's story that we have her story and passions on two different episodes. This week, we will hear part one of Lauren's story as she shares how she grew up and landed on Wall Street, and then how she began to pivot. The next episode, we'll hear part two where Lauren shares about the planning and beginning phase of her clean beauty skincare line, Romer Skincare. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Lauren's story as she highlights her passions of clean beauty, entrepreneurship, and Romer skincare. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Lauren Rome Marks. Welcome back to the Norwalk Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Lauren Romer. Am I saying it correct? Rome, but it's okay. Oh, Rome. Why do I think Ro- Rome? Brand name Romer. Uh, last oh. year. But actually, now that I'm married, I'm becoming Rome Marks. So you can call me whatever you want to call me, and I'll say, I'll respond. <laughs> I guess. Okay. I'm just like blending you and your brand all together. I'm like, okay, awesome. So Lauren, can you introduce yourself to podcast listeners? Just a little, you know, get to know who you are. Sure. So Audrey, like Audrey said, I'm Lauren Rome, now Marks officially. (laughs) Um, I'm the CEO and founder of Romer Skincare, a clean skincare line that I launched uh, earlier last year. So it's been quite a wild year. Um, And I I live in Chicago now with my husband and my golden retriever. Um, (laughs) And we are, you know, hunkered down together in River North, if any listeners are from the Chicago area. And I'm, I'm constantly working on building a community of people who are looking to feel their best. 
Awesome. So you said you just recently moved to Chicago. So can you kind of tell us, uh, maybe like take us back um, and let uh, the listener know like where, where you grew up and where you're from? Sure. So I am an East Coaster originally. I grew up in Connecticut and my family's all from upstate New York. Uh, shout out to now any East Coasters listening. <laughs> I, I went to a boarding school in upstate Connecticut and summer camp in Maine. And then I uh, went to Ithaca for college at Cornell University. So uh, pretty much my entire childhood up until um, I turned 30 uh, <laughs> was I on the East Coast in, in Connecticut, New York. Um, and New England. And I'm very close with my family. Um, so when you hear the word boarding school, some people say, wow, were you sent there? What did yeah, you do? Yeah, I was going to ask that. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sent there. I begged my parents to go. Oh, I wow. Be, um, similar to sleepaway camp where I spent my summers mm -hmm. uh, at an all girls camp. And so they let me go and off I went to boarding school, which was a good prep for college. Um, it was essentially just like college, except a lot more rules and regulations around uh, where you lived and how you could interact with um, others at your own time. <laughs> wow. So was that for all of your high school, all four years or just part? I went for three years, the last three years. Mm -hmm. um, and then up, leading up until that, I was at the same school for 11 Oh, wow. So um, when you were growing up, um, I guess you could tackle any time, you know, before or after boarding school, did you have any hobbies or interests that you um, were involved with, involved in maybe in like elementary or middle school leading to high school? I would say that I was one of those do it all type of kids, mm. which meant that I probably did everything not that good <laughs> when looking back in hindsight. Um, I was always in the school play. I always tried to be on the sports teams. Um, and then I loved, I did love academics as well. So I was a little bit of a nerd at heart. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, it's interesting because when I look back, nothing really, you know, from my childhood as far as my interests go, really shaped my career path to where I am today. But I think family does play a big role into what you want to be when you grow up. And why I say that is because my first job out of college, I went to work on Wall Street at an investment oh, wow. bank. And I don't think I would have done that had it not been for a family member, my father, who worked in Manhattan. He commuted to the city every day and he worked for 30 years uh, at a bank. So I think, you know, when you're surrounded by things like the markets and current events at your dinner table, mm -hmm. you naturally gravitate towards, uh, towards those types of, of career desires. But as we'll get into with my story, you'll, you'll very quickly learn that that's definitely not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense when you say, it. I've never thought about it like that, but kind of just like traits or just being like around kind of, you know, in your subconscious, like getting you ready and okay and familiar with like the, the terms and the jargon and those kind of places and spaces. That definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I remember going into New York City. It was such an exciting 
time when I got to miss school for bring your daughter to work day. And I would sit on the train with my dad at six o'clock in the morning with all these people in their business suits, which right now, given where the world is, seems like such a foreign concept. <laughs> totally. Being all packed in together like sardines <laughs> on a train. But nonetheless, um, you know, it was, it was very, those are very strong memories that I have from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, that have definitely, that did definitely influence what I wanted to be um, when I was in college trying to figure out my major and then ultimately apply for for internships. Wow, that's awesome. So when you got into high school, did you have any kind of like narrowed down um, interests or were you still kind of in the play, um, nerding out and (laughs) trying out for all the sports teams or did you have to kind of funnel any interest down at that point? Um, I was still all over the place and yeah. also chasing after boys at that point. In time. <laughs> another extracurricular. <laughs> yeah, that is another extracurricular. Um, but, uh, you know, I think all of the experiences that we have as children help drive some of those same decisions that I was talking about later on. I think it wasn't okay. until you know, AP economics, my last year of high school, and then my undergraduate business education at Cornell, where I said, okay, wow, um, you know, this is what I really want to do. I want to wear a business suit (laughs) and and work in a cutthroat environment where uh, you work long hours and high stress, um, which looking back, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting place to start a career. Um, and I, kudos, my hats goes off to those who, like my father, who've done it for so many years, but I did not last multiple decades. I only lasted <laughs> one decade. <laughs> Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you know how much you will make when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That is podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And make sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. All right, back to Lauren's story. listeners, some of you may have heard a big part of my story on how I started this podcast. During my day job, I get to listen to podcasts all day long as I'm working. The ones I really enjoy are the ones that encompass someone's story and their passions. Since I'm an avid podcast listener, I wanted to start sharing some podcasts and podcast episodes that I've enjoyed and that I think you will as well. This week, I want to share with you a podcast called Just Ingredients with Carolyn Call. Originally found this podcast through her Instagram, also titled Just Ingredients. Just about everything I see her post and in her stories, I learned something new about food or body processing. The Just Ingredients podcast is a place to find all the best ingredients for life. Carolyn Call, creator and owner of the popular Instagram account and product line Just Ingredients, talks about all things nourishing for the mind, body, and soul. Carolyn believes that nature provides the necessary nutrition in order for people to live healthy, happy, full, 
lives of energy and inspires others to make change in their eating habits and daily product use. With the help of her guests, Carolyn shares tips and tricks, how-tos and whys behind choosing better, whole, non-toxic ingredients for you and your whole family and healing your body and mind from within. I will link the podcast details in the show notes for you all. So I just want to circle back really quick because I know you mentioned that you went to Cornell. And so I just want to kind of ask you, you you mentioned your one of your last classes, your economics class. What when you were exiting high school, what were you thinking about of you kind of had got that interest from your class, but did you have any idea of what your what your major was going to be? Did you know that was for sure? Or uh, how did you go about that process? Ironically, I think we know a lot about ourselves at those really formative years when you're becoming a young adult. So I did major in finance and entrepreneurship and I didn't really use that until, you know, a few years ago, but I think it's indicative of the, the, the skills that I did want to leverage, um, one being the math and science mm-hmm. that I loved and that I was passionate about um, in true academia. And then also the idea of being creative and generating ideas and being innovative, which lends itself to the entrepreneurial angle. Awesome. So it's kind of just really setting you up for where, where you are today. And we'll, we'll definitely get there in your story. So in college, did you have any, I guess, were you, were you finding like what you were majoring in and like studying as when you were in the, in the moment as uh, something like, oh yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Were you still confident in that decision or were you still kind of like, I'm not sure I, I want to kind of poke around at a couple of different options? I was pretty sure early on that I wanted to be on Wall Street in a trading or sales or investment role much younger than probably most. And I think that is because I had the family connection to it. Yeah. You know Um, what that looked like. And so for me, you know, I, I was... I was a ridiculous overachiever because I wanted to work at Goldman Sachs and which is the ultimate job I had. And I then worked there for 10 years, but you know, I, I set myself up. I became the president of the society for women in business. I was a teaching mm. assistant for a communications course. And I did all these things that I think helped me, you know, set me up for the ultimate internship, which is, the inter- the full summer interview to finally get a full-time job. So all of that kind of happened. Uh, I got lucky, right? Like I, yeah. I, I hit the right spot at the right time, doing the right thing. And uh, the, the stars aligned for me mm-hmm. as a 22-year-old, um, which a decade later, again, is, is definitely not where I am today. But I, I feel very fortunate and lucky that I, that I was able to, to work in, you know, an industry where I could get the dream job I wanted on the dream desk I wanted, um, and, and, and work for, you know, so many years earning such a great income and also Mm -hmm. doing something that was really exciting. 
So when you were, you kind of mentioned that you're, you kind of aligned yourself to be in different clubs and to be in different leadership roles to get the right internships. And so is that what funneled you from your senior year of college to your first job? And was that, was that at Goldman Sachs too, or did that, did you start somewhere else and then work your way there? Uh, That was also at Goldman Sachs. All of that uh, led me there for my first analyst role. Uh, in addition, I also studied abroad. So something that I, I had oh, the unique opportunity to do is study in Hong Kong. Oh, so wow. I, I got exposed to Asian, the Asian economy, Asian financial markets, um, Asian culture, Asian food, all sorts of things in Asia, which was very cool. That's and awesome. so I, I think both the experiences I had on campus and then that one semester abroad really helped pave the way for that first job right out of school uh, at Goldman Sachs. That's awesome. So then how long did you work there for? So I had various roles at the company, but I worked there for 10 years. Okay, so a full decade. A full (laughs) decade. I spent 10 years of my life on Wall Street. Um, And look, I really enjoyed the hustle the hustle of the industry, being surrounded by smart people, yeah. serving you know clients and and hearing their views and perspectives on what was happening in the world, um, and it was it was great. It was a great foundation because I learned about mentorship and education and. Mm-hmm all sorts of, and I met my husband, and all sorts of skill, which we'll get to too, but all sorts of things that are um, crucial for, that I think this young generation really does need um, to have under, under their belt. You know, I'm so excited and enthusiastic that there are young people who want to start companies and want to start businesses and want to go off and do really cool things. But I think um, for me personally, it is a benefit that I didn't do that right out of the gate and that instead I went to one of these big corporations where I was mm-hmm. a small spoke in a huge wheel, um, a huge machine that was doing a lot of different things because it gave me, it gave me a strong skill set that I, I still use to this day. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned you had various positions in that tenure. During that time, were you noticing if you were having different interests or hobbies or any major life events that you want to highlight? Yes. So the first would really be fulfillment. Fulfillment is an interesting concept because I don't think I fully had the grasp on it. Um, and, and even now I'm still, I'm still working on trying to better understand myself and trying to better understand what makes me fulfilled in life and in my career. Mm-hmm. When I took a look at what I was doing day to day, I really missed creating something. I really wanted mm-hmm. to be creating something. And ironically, you know, I started to become interested and passionate about skincare and products and chemistry and all these all these things that led me to do what I am today, but it was really, it was really a passion project, which is why this podcast is so great because literally my passion was a passion project as I was in my old seat, which helps me get to where my pivot, my pivot happened. But I think um, a bunch of different things in life 
10 years in, in New York, grinding out in this tenacious environment, um, it, it really started to wear on me. I, I did feel physically burnt out. Yeah. And there are now today, looking back, of course, there are many things I miss about it. But at the time, as I was trying to explore what my purpose would be and, and what I wanted to do next, mm-hmm. uh, did I want to stay? Did I want to change jobs within the same firm? Did I want to walk out on this you know, really amazing career I had and stable income and benefits mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things? Yeah. You know, I, you, you ask yourself all these questions and, and you'll learn, uh, you'll learn why, why I made the decision I made. But uh, those are some of the things that were going on in my head a few years ago before I made the leap. Had you always been, because you mentioned skincare, had you always been interested in, in that kind of realm uh, from growing up and before? Or was this something that had become important to you more, more recently or during that time? I always struggled with my skincare. I always struggled with my skin. I -hmm. always felt from a young age in high school when you experience your first breakouts and blemishes and you have dry skin in some places and your skin's super oily in other places. You have all these pimples and blackheads and whiteheads and all this. I I was always interested because I didn't have great skin growing up. That being said, it wasn't until later in life when – I was dating my now husband, then boyfriend, mm-hmm. where I really wanted to look and feel my best. Yeah. And skincare became more of a priority. Mm-hmm. And so I, by no means did I have, you know, talking about this background, like I had a father in the industry. I have no one in the beauty industry, no one in the skincare industry, no one even in the marketing industry, which a mm-hmm. huge portion of this business is, is marketing. Yeah. But, um, I was just, I became very interested in helping, helping my skin, trying to look better, trying to feel better because looking better helped me feel better. Mm -hmm. And so it became a little bit of a obsession of mine. And something that you'll, you'll come to learn about me is that I do everything 150%. I'm not one of these, like, you know, I'm going to dabble and maybe I'll write a journal article and then it'll go in a shelf for a few months and I'll come back to it. Instead, I became really excited about it. And so I started networking my way through um, like a New Yorker does. (laughs) And I was relentless about it. I met people who worked at these big companies like Estee Lauder and Unilever. Mm -hmm. I met people who worked at laboratories. I met dermatologists. I met scientists. And I wanted to understand how I could get better skin. And it wasn't just enough to go into a store and have someone at Sephora tell me, okay, this is what you have to buy because there were hundreds Mm -hmm. of products on the shelf. Wow. So it sounds like it kind of was just like a bubbling and brewing kind of interest and passion that was able to be like really developed through meeting different people and different events and learning experiences. That's right. I also think it came out of frustration too. Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a clean skincare line that covers all of your skincare needs. They've proved that you don't need a million serums and eye creams to get better skincare. Why we love them. Clean ingredients and effective results with just 
three-step simple routine that you and even your partner can share. I am so excited to have Romer Skincare as our sponsor today because on this episode, we have Lauren Rome herself, founder of Romer Skincare, on the podcast as our guest to share her story and her passion of creating a clean and simple skincare line. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 20% off by using the code PASSIONPOD. That is P-A-S-S-I-O-N-P-O-D. On their website, romerskincare.com. That is R-O-M-E-R-S-K-I-N-C-A-R-E.com. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. Thank you so much for joining us each week to listen to our awesome guests as they come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. I am so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your iPhones, your your Androids, your car, your Google Homes, your Alexas, wherever you listen. Thank you so much, friend. I am so grateful for you. Can you do me a favor? If you have not already subscribed to the podcast, would you do that in whichever podcast player app you're listening to us on today? If you already subscribed, thank you so much, listener. I truly appreciate it. I would love it if you could share the show with a friend. I find it about so many different shows through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you have found out about this show through a friend sharing the show with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on? Thank you so much. I know that these things may seem super small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a rating or review, but they make a huge difference in new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, and for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. At some point in my mid-20s, I had a bathroom cabinet that was overflowing with products. Um, you know, I had, I was stressed out because I wasn't sleeping that often. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have time to work on my, I didn't have time to do a 10 step K beauty routine and put on all these eye serums or, yeah. you know, creams or, or, or those sorts of things. So it just, it, it also was me wanting to find solutions for what I thought should be a really easy problem to solve, which is um, clean, clean ingredients, clean skincare with a simple routine that works. And um, that sounds like the unicorn I've been looking for my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> That's what I think. I think it's everyone's unicorn. When you start to talk to me, you really understand, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Why do I need all these products? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, as you were going through your, your time and kind of developing this other interest in a, in, at a deeper level, what, what was your, did you have a point when you were like, okay, I, like you mentioned you, you were getting burnt out, but did you have a point or just maybe like a season where you're like, okay, this is my exit cue. Got to go. See ya. <laughs> it wasn't that easy, but an amazing, an ama- like I said earlier, I alluded to earlier, I had an amazing personal event that really was the catalyst for all of this change in my life. 
Mm-hmm. And um, why uproot one thing when you can uproot three at once? <laughs> so in the span of two weeks, I got engaged. My boyfriend from Chicago proposed. Mm-hmm. He asked me to move from New York. I packed my stuff. I moved here and I left my job in order to pursue uh, starting a skincare brand. And um, it took me a while. So it took me a full year before I actually launched the business. Um, And a few months before that, because he knew it was my passion project. So at some point, you know, I was, but don't tell anyone that, but (laughs) at some point I was exploring things prior to prior to making the leap. But I think, um, you know, I'm not sure if the cards were stacked differently, if I ever would have made the same life changes. But I'm, I feel very lucky that I did because, you know, fast forward and I've, um, I have done a complete 180, both in life, because um, now we're married and yeah. with my career, because I launched Romer and we're almost coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, and it's been two years since I left New York and, and, and my job on Wall Street. Wow. That's a, that's a huge pivot. I thought you were going to say in like two months or something, but two <laughs> weeks, that's, that's two weeks. 14 days. <laughs> that's insane. It was a little nutty. Um, and I feel very lucky that I had a good team of, of helpers around me, mm-hmm. whether they were professional or family. Um, but I, I, I did, I did feel like I had a good community to lean on, uh, to help me through that transition. And for anyone who's, you know, now the world is so chaotic. I feel like a lot of people are experiencing a different type of transition. Know that you know there's someone out there who's who's done it too. So um, even if you want to chat with me at some point about any big life-altering decisions you're making, I'm your girl because <laughs> all at once it seems. <laughs> totally. So what did it? Um, so after you're kind of just like tornado of decisions, or that sounds negative, but whirlwind of decision and moving and all of that. So when you landed in Chicago, you said you had a year of kind of like research and preparing for your launch for, uh, I don't know what, can you tell us like what that entailed for you? Yes. So given how many brands are out there, you'd think it's very easy to start, uh, to start a skincare line and to start and launch products. It actually is really challenging. Um, It took a long time because coming from First of all, I'm an outsider. You know, I, I didn't know much about how, where to start. I literally went on Google and said, how do I build a skincare brand? Wow. Um, shout out to Google. <laughs> shout out to Google. Um, and then, I mean, I'm sure that's the, the first thing most people do when they're starting a business. Totally. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm guilty. So it took me a while to get settled in and figure out the right teams of people to help and also mm-hmm. uh the the right decisions I wanted to make. And one of the things that was important to me from the start was that if I was going to go off and do this, I wasn't going to cut corners. I was going to take the time, invest in the research. And mm-hmm. it is quite an investment, but, um, you know, take, take my, my saved money and invest in finding the right chemists, the right labs to build the products to deliver the right results. And we had to make sure that we could 
back up the claims that the products actually did what we said they did. So we tested them on couples. We tested them. You know, I claim that this works for both men and women of all skin types and backgrounds. So I needed to collect uh, different age ranges, mm-hmm. people of different uh, different types of skin, different colors of skin, different qualities of skin, and make sure that uh, we we could prepare and provide results that showed that the products improve those people's skin. Um, so it took a while. And transparency was a huge piece of this as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that I could offer insight into what was in the bottle and why. I wanted to make sure I could explain every single ingredient, why it was there, what it does, um, where it came from, especially since so many ingredients in our skincare is mined or it's farmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really important that we all know how it's mined and farmed. Are those suppliers using good practices? Are they destroying the environment? These are all things that I thought someone like me would care about. And you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a green junkie um, and, you know, a waste, a super waste free junkie to care about the products that you're putting on your skin. You want to make sure that they're not harmful for your skin. They don't have harsh chemicals. They're not harmful for the environment when they get thrown out. The packaging's recyclable. So all this minutia. Yeah. I think that, I think that is really like when you when you have a choice between a product that is doing the work and being responsible and telling you that over another product that maybe isn't, I think it's an easier choice for me to make because I'm just kind of dipping my toes in this clean beauty, like reduce and like not use as many, you know, like where's the plastic coming from or where does it go? I think that's a really great point. And I like how you, how you explain that. Yeah. It's not enough to say, we give back, you know, everyone gives back it to go the next step. Every, I think the consumer cares. The consumer really does care. The consumer cares that the products are clean, that they work, that they're priced well, um, you know, and that someone has taken the time to, to, to dive in about what, what things are, how things are made and, and why they're there. Um, and, and so that's what we did. And so we launched with three products and we have a cleanser, a moisturizer and a CBD infused treatment mask. And they're currently all available on our website and soon to be on Amazon as well. That's awesome. So you, so in the year span, you did your, uh, uh, and I didn't ask this, or I didn't hear if you said this, were you solely working on this product or did you have another um, job that you were doing at, at the same time? No. So when I left and moved here, I was entirely focused on building Romer mm-hmm. and getting it ready to launch. So every day I was spending time developing, you know, and learning um, both on the product side, but also, and the supply chain side, but also on all these other different aspects of launching a a business and a brand, marketing, the influencer strategy, social social media, email marketing, Mm -hmm. all these different things, Um, sampling, retail, there's, there's a million different kind of verticals that I had to tackle yeah. um, and get up to speed very quickly <laughs> before I launched a year later. 
Wow. Okay. So you're kind of just doing like a crash course and all of that stuff <laughs> in that year, which yeah. is kind of, kind of crazy. A lot of information intake. It was uh, an information overload <laughs> and, um, you know, but that's, what's exciting. I, I think back to this idea about it being my passion. Mm-hmm. I was so fueled by, um, and charged by the uncovering of all this new information that I hadn't learned at my first, on my, you know, during my first career, my first life. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I became, I became obsessed with learning all sorts of different strategies that, that I could use when I launched the business so that I could better connect with customers. And that was the ultimate goal. So another question, question that just came to mind because you uh, were doing a lot and intaking a lot. Did you have um, somebody that was uh, partnering you with this or like, I don't know, an assistant or a team of people or how did, how did that work for you? Cause it seems like a lot to take on just solely for you. So I'm just kind of curious for from that angle. Yeah. So um, launching a business in today's world is I think there are some reasons it is a little bit easier. You do have the access to people digitally that I think you don't, you didn't quite have as much even just a few years ago. Uh, Things like Zoom make it so much more accessible Mm -hmm. to reach people. You feel like you're really in the room with someone. So all of the resources that I leveraged both underneath the Romer umbrella and outside of the Romer umbrella uh, have been so helpful. And it took, it did take an army. It it wasn't just, I'm not just a one man band. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, I have about five to 10 on the team Mm -hmm. regularly, whether they're involved in various projects um, or helping with specific things that we work on. But for the most part, you can leverage, I was able to leverage consultants and external platforms and people and chemists and laboratories Mm -hmm. and really just find my way through a lot of independent contractors and bring them in for for some period of time and then out that's why i said five to ten instead of a gotcha Mm -hmm. because it's it's moving around based on what's happening at the moment that makes a lot of sense i was just curious from uh so many, so many like different facets, like you were saying that it would just seem like it'd be hard to intake that and be able to export all and do all of the things. But that makes sense kind of like on a a rolling, a rolling basis as needed. Yes. Awesome. Friends, I have really enjoyed part one with Lauren Rome Marks. One area I really enjoyed hearing about was how Lauren was in a totally different career and passion for an entire decade being on Wall Street. But at the same time, it was interesting to see how even with that unique, um, different background, she was able to pivot to start Romer Skincare. It was clear to see that Lauren had the same energy and hard work ethic in both of her career areas. I hope that we were all encouraged today from part one with Lauren's story and passions. My prayer is that you might consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you back here next time with part two with our guest, Lauren Rome Marks from Romer Skincare. Hey friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Lickman Hunter. I am Audrey and I am your host. I am so happy that you are here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing you new shows every other Tuesday and always have on some awesome guests to come and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the Don't Returns Pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so you'll never miss an episode. See you next time.